our synergy with God, our synergy with each other, with God working in and through each one of us creates this divine energy to affect transformational change. It's the revival power and the divine results that happen as you and all of God's people walk with him in his full purpose. This is the greatest life that you can live on this planet, walking and working with the God of the universe. Hey everyone, welcome to the Living with Synergy podcast. I'm your host and Bible teacher, Colby Cullum. Now, before we go into our two series, Follow Me and Romans Galatians, I feel like I do have to have like a little prologue episode because you're probably wondering what in the world is synergy. In fact, you are probably looking for it in your podcast channel, searching it and couldn't find it at first. And you're wondering, did I even type it in right? What is it? What is this synergy? S-E-N-E-R-G-Y. And I think that it would be very valuable for you to know exactly what that means and to really get the heartbeat behind the teaching within this podcast. You know, I only have one life. If I've only been given one life, well then, what matters the most? Like, what's truly worth living? What is truth? What is my purpose? Why should I live? What should I achieve? See, this life provides many different paths, options, choices, desires. Which ones are right? Should I think about me? Or is there something beyond me? Does it matter where or when I was born? Is my life confined by the culture and language I'm born into? There are so many religions and beliefs and opinions and backgrounds that exist. Well, which ones are right? If I only have one life, how would it be best and most fully spent? These are significant questions to ask. I mean, we'd be foolish to not do an honest inventory of our life and ponder how it can be lived like it's supposed to, especially because our life is but a vapor. It will escape us faster than we think, and time can easily be wasted and lost forever. You know, it says in James 4.14, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. I personally ask these questions to myself because I have observed many lives end in tragedy. They don't end with a tragic death, but their lives themselves were purposeless. And such people exist all over the world. No matter the background or the culture, whether wealthy or poor, whether first world or third world, I look at these people and wonder to myself, is there not more? Even Christians who claim to know God and go to church every Sunday, their lives just don't add up. They look miserable. They're missing something. They're missing the mark, whatever that may be. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, 
but only one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. That's a strong verse. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize, this is verse 25, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. See, I wasn't on the track team growing up, nor did I enjoy running. I still don't enjoy running, but I did play basketball. It was the only sport I really put effort in, and I worked hard to be good at it. I was the MVP my senior year, and I wanted to win. My drive to work hard in basketball was to win. I didn't want to lose. Why put so much effort if in the end you know you'll lose? Well, that's how life is. We are all running in a race. But remember that if we're all running, there's only one first place. We should run in such a way that we may win. We should live the life that counts the most. Not just the most to me, but the most period. Since therefore this life is but a vapor and we need to live it in such a way, I've decided to invest my time in what really matters. I've decided to seek and discover how my life is best lived. I've decided to redeem any time I've wasted and moving forward, living the life that everyone is meant to live. And I invite you to join me. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It says in Colossians 4, verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. What's his prayer? That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. The first step to living this life and redeeming the time is to understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the creator God's will? How can we understand it? And not only that, but how can we stand perfect and complete in all of his will? Well, let me ask you this. If you know what God's will was for your life, would you want to live it? Seriously, if the only true God had a specific purpose for your life, and you knew what that purpose was, would you want to live it? Let's be honest. Living that purpose would be the only life that even matters at all. I mean, think about it. If there's a God, and that God wanted you to live one certain way with this one life that you have on this planet, living that way is all that matters. Any life lived differently, no matter its achievements, means nothing if the God of the universe already had a predetermined desire for how you are supposed to live. And my friend, God does. He has a full purpose for you to discover and live out for the rest of your life. Living his full purpose for your life is winning your race. Living his full purpose is making most of your life. Here's the amazing thing. 
God's plan and purpose for your life is actually across the board. He has the same purpose for every single person on the planet. That's right. It doesn't matter your background, your family, your language, or culture. It doesn't matter if you were born into an American Christian home and went to church every Sunday, or if you were born into a family filled with drugs and neglect. It doesn't matter if you live in America or India or China or wherever. It doesn't matter if you've been born today or born 500 years ago. His will has always remained the same for every single person. He's not limited to one people group or nationality. He created the whole world and desires every person in it to live his full purpose. He's made it known how to, one, discover what he desires of each one of us, and two, actually live in his purpose. Many people discover that purpose, yet they only tap the surface of God's plan for them. But he desires everyone, no exceptions, no one left out, to live in his full purpose. So what is the full purpose of God? I describe the full purpose of God as maturing in four phases. So hear me out on this. These phases are the necessary stages that must be reached and consistently cultivated for the rest of your life. They're called phases because, well, they precede each other. Like phase two, for example, cannot be reached until phase one is truly comprehended. See, they each succeed into the other. Phase one leads to phase two, phase two leads to phase three, and phase three leads to phase four. It's important to note that although one phase leads to another, you don't leave a phase to get to the other. These phases, when reached, are built on top of each other, and therefore, there's a harmonized and synchronized maturing, if you will, of all four phases once reached together. Also know that it doesn't have to take long at all to reach all four phases, but maturing in all of them will take the rest of your life. If I can reach phase four and fully develop and grow and mature in all four phases, I will live in the full purpose of God. And again, this is the life that God desires every single person on the planet to live. I've coined these phrases myself, but make no mistake, I did not come up with this concept. These are self-evident truths. And no matter how you word it, these phases clearly make up the full purpose of God. My phraseology is simply to make it easier to remember and understand. So these are the four phases of God's full purpose for your life. You ready? We'll start with phase zero, without him. Phase one, know him. Phase two, hear him. Phase three, Live him. Phase four, share him. Let me repeat that. Phase one, know him. Phase two, hear him. Phase three, live him. Phase four, share him. And remember, there is a phase zero, which is without him. Because these are phases, I like to word it this way. I once was without him, but now I know him. And as I hear him, I learn to live him so I may share him. Mm. 
I once was without him, but now I know him. And as I hear him, I learn to live him so I may share him. And God desires this. He wants this. His will is for everyone who is without him to know him. But he doesn't want us to stop there. He then wants everyone who knows him to hear him. Those who hear him, he desires to live him. And those who live him, he desires to share him. This is his full purpose for everyone. And that's my ultimate goal in this podcast, in my Bible teaching, is so that you can grow and mature in the full purpose of God for your life. And more than these truths should be taught, they need to be caught. They need to be embedded and deep-seated in your heart. They need to be inherent, intrinsic, and really your new normal. Because again, I'm convinced that nothing matters more with this one life that I have than to live in the full purpose of God. God is so concerned and so eager with you living his full purpose that he's personally intervened and made it even possible at all to reach each phase. In fact, without his personal engagement, there's no way we could even reach phase one to know him. See, every person on the planet is born without him, but God desires for no one to remain that way. So he sent Jesus Christ to make a way for us to know him. Purely and exclusively through Jesus can we know him. And as we know him, God has also personally provided the means and enabled us to hear him. Notice that everyone on the planet who's without him can know him, but only everyone who knows him can truly hear him. What did God so graciously provide for us to hear him? The Bible. Every person can hear him alike by reading and believing his very imprinted words. And as we hear him, God has personally implemented himself for us to live him. A transaction takes place in our hearts as we transition from being without him to know him. Our hearts are cleansed and given as a home for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. The Holy Spirit breathes understanding to the Word of God, and we learn through the Word to live Him. We learn supernatural truths that cannot be accomplished in and of ourselves. But God has so graciously given us His Holy Spirit to actively work in us to live Him. Every person who truly knows Him and hears Him and lives Him will live an elevated, transformed life. And as we live him, God has personally created an organization to band together with his power and ability to fully share him. It's called the church, but it's more than a building or a Sunday service. It's a band of people who are living God's full purpose with their lives and working together to fulfill God's mission. Since God desires every person on the planet who is without him to know him, he must give those who know him the access to hear him. He must empower those who hear him to live him. And he must partner with those who live him and give them roles and gifts and abilities to share him with those who are without him. You see the cycle? Oh, man. 
I guarantee you that your life will be shaken and moved to live beyond yourself. It will resonate with you because God desires it. So I encourage you, go on this journey with me through just this simple Bible teaching. Redeem the time, run your race, and live your life like the God of the universe wants you to live. Don't stunt yourself from knowing and understanding all of the will of God. Stand perfect and complete in all of it. I pray that you will grow and increase in the knowledge of God's will so that you can fully embrace God's full purpose for your life. I love Paul's prayer in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. Hallelujah. You're probably still wondering, okay, Cole, that's really good, but what the heck is synergy? <laughs> well, I have to tell you the full purpose of God because when you thrive in each of these phases, when you're consistently maturing in all four of them, when you're fully living God's full purpose for your life, something happens. You're actually living a life with God. You're communing with God and living in Him. And such a dynamic and elevated life with God creates this divine energy, if you will, where there's this kinetic cohesion with God. I mean, just imagine. Imagine the God of the universe personally and actively working and living in communion with your everyday life. Do you think your life would live with purpose? You better believe it. And not only would your life be lived with purpose, but in fact, you would live the very purpose that God desires of every single person. And our synergy, don't get that confused, S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y, with God produces something extraordinary, a life lived in the fullness of God. That fullness, that power, that incredible ability to make a mark on the world. That's what I call S-E-N-E-R-G-Y, synergy. And synergy, as I define it, means this. Yes, I came up with this definition. The combined power of God cooperating with the individuals of his church, creating transformational change in other individuals, their families, and communities. It does indeed have its root in the English word synergy, which in its simplest form means this. Two individual things make a greater impact when working together than the sum of their impact working separately. But it also gets its root from the Greek words energeia, energema, 
an energeo. Interestingly, this is where we get our English word energy. Yet these Greek words are translated working in many scriptures. Check out these scriptures of God's personal working in synergy with his people. Galatians chapter 2, verse 7. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively, that's energeo, in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised, also worked effectively, energeo, in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. That word energeo is translated, he who worked effectively. God worked effectively. Here's another one in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Energeia. Wow, there's an exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working energeia of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Here's another one in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to be filled with the fullness of God. But notice this, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to to the power that works in us. Inner Geo, working in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. How about this one? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. Energeo. 
He works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Hallelujah. And then Colossians chapter one, here's one more. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, energeia, which works in me mightily, energeo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He who worked effectively in Peter also works effectively in me according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead or according to the power that is at work in us. Hallelujah. It does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And God works in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And hallelujah, we can labor, striving according to his working, which works in us mightily. Man, I'm not a Greek scholar by any means, but you don't have to know much Greek to be excited about this. And these are only a few scriptures, by the way. Do your own homework and see the many other places where energeia, energema, energeo are all used. Just notice how God personally and actively works with those who know him and hear him and live him and share him. He wants us to know the exceeding greatness of his power, which he works toward us who believe. His power that he works in us is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's incredible power. God works effectively in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. We should then with such divine energy live. We should labor and run our race according to his working, which works in us mightily. This is amazing. This is living in personal and active communion with God who supplies his supernatural energy for you to live his full purpose. What if every person lived this way? What if all of God's people lived in the fullness of God? God breathing, moving, living, partnering, empowering, enabling, and energizing all of his people with himself. What do you think happens? Revival happens, transformation happens, a movement happens. The dark and sinful world encounters God in his power. And it's through the unity and resonating energy of God's people living his full purpose. They become an unstoppable force and the world is turned upside down. That, my friends, I call synergy. Hallelujah. Our synergy with God, our synergy with each other, with God working in and through each one of us creates this divine energy to affect transformational change. It's the revival power and the divine results that happen as you and all of God's people walk with him in his full purpose. This is the greatest life that you can live on this planet, walking and working with the God of the universe. Are you ready? Are you ready to live the life that you're supposed to live and see God tangibly move in it? Dude, then let's do this. 
Let's walk this together. Let's go through God's word and let's live with synergy. I'm excited to do this with you. Until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.